0: So good evening, good morning, good afternoon, jab bhi aap Sunrayho. rahe ho, kyuki abhi we are going to release this episode at a very unusual time. So welcome to the soccer room where everything is made up and we have the final results due to the points. The standings of group B and C have been decided yesterday. Belgium will be on the top of the group. Then we have Denmark. Then we have Finland. And on the number four, which was Rajesh's prediction from the start, we have Russia. With me are Tanma Jaiswal and Rajesh Sahu. How are you feeling today?
1: I mean, I have my eyes burning right now. It was such an <laughs> excited match day yesterday. And I, I was watching again both the matches on parallel screen. And, and I, couldn't, I couldn't decide where to put my eyes on. It was such an exciting uh, event every single minute in the second half especially. Um, uh, it yeah. was a very nerve-cracking night for me.
0: nerve-cracking? Oh, nerve-cracking. Cracked. It did
1: It
2: Rajesh, how are you feeling today? I mean, last set of games uh, on match day 3, uh, we saw a couple of uh, exciting encounters. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of movement in the table while we were following the games because of goal difference and all those sort of things. I mean, there was a point where, you know, Finland were second and then Denmark scored. They they toppled them for second place. Then Russia also pulled one goal back against Denmark when they were 2-0 up. So, yeah, a lot of movement, especially in Group B that is.
0: Yeah we are all excited we are all happy for uh, after seeing Denmark in the second place it will be a very interesting podcast today because we're going to talk about how the points table played out and how each and every goal mattered let's start directly with the games and the first match that we had Netherlands versus North Macedonia and Austria versus Ukraine and i was so much looking forward to Austria versus uh, Ukraine i was rooting for Ukraine but in the end it turned out to be Ukraine losing the match so it went Ukraine zero Austria one, and what do
2: you think about that game? I expected Austria to basically win the game. I, as far as I remember, I predicted a one 0 win for Austria. Don't remember the exact scoreline, mm-hmm. but uh, Austria, I, I, feel have uh, too much of you know experience in their squad, too much uh, of technical ability in their squad to you know over Ukraine. Ukraine were not consistent under Shevchenko maybe in the next tournaments to come, they'll mature and they'll perform. Pretty much expected that when they got that first goal, they'll sit back and defend and secure or rather the second spot.
1: Hmm. As I said yesterday in our podcast, when we were predicting the scoreline for Austria versus Ukraine, like Andrei Shevchenko's side is still under development and they need to work in a lot of areas, especially uh, in the defensive line. And uh, that because we saw how the Austrian team attacked for the whole 90 minutes, the Austrian team were in the Ukrainian half and they had almost 50 attacks, the Austrian team. It says a lot about the Ukrainian defense and how they were not able to cope with the likes of Arnatovich and Savitsa up front from the Austrian team. They were pretty much on the heavier side yesterday. They were taking shots from long range, they were passing the ball into the attacking third area and uh, Arnatovich and Sabitzer were linking well. Sabitzer, uh, they had, he had a new role to play yesterday. He was playing on the left-wing side from the Austrian team and it kind of turned out well for the Austrian team.
0: Definitely, if you look at the defending stats, the key stats in defending, Austria had more number of balls recovered than Ukraine and uh, the clearances completed are more, the tackles won are more, I mean for a team who is going so much offensive they still have a better defensive start that speaks a lot about how the Ukrainian defense was like totally open uh, there was no kind of hard resilience from their side
2: they had their fair share of the resilience uh, as well I and mean, uh, but uh, you know you have, when you have the sheer quality and experience especially of winning trophies and exp- experience of playing in these kind of crunch games where it could turn very well turn out to be a knockout game you know players like david alaba step up and david alaba has been instrumental in all their three games he has created more chances than any player in the euro cup competition so that speaks volumes about uh, you know how Australia have come into the tournament I know they are heavily reliant on a couple of players in that team, but uh, what we saw in this game against Ukraine is that they could all come together and put in these kind of performances where it doesn't have to be, you know, extravagant attacks or way too defensive. They found that balance where they could, you know, score and also secure a lead.
1: I think Franco Foda the coach of Austrian team, he changed the formation of his team. For yesterday's game as compared to the first two games, he came with the formation of 4-3-3 where David Alaba went back to his natural left back position. And I think uh, Andriy Shevchenko had no plans to cope up with this new formation which he didn't think of. And that's the main reason why the Ukrainian team was so open in their defensive line. Also. Zinchenko, who was their star player, like he won the t- trophy with Manchester City in Premier League, he w- played the finals with Manchester City but still a lot was expected from him coming into the tournament but he de- he couldn't contribute much.
2: To add to your point, Zinchenko is basically a young, young upcoming player under the tutelage of uh, Pep Guardiola, he performed in the City team, he has all the right players around him, so basically they perform at that level but uh, coming into this Ukrainian team uh, uh, I mean I cannot rely on one single player to you know bring the goods yeah as far as experience uh, and uh, seeing these kind of games out uh, Austria have uh, got far better experience than Ukraine in that regards and uh, the the top class players basically came to the fore and secured the position
0: definitely they have a better
2: experience
0: and offensively and defensively but they had very little to do in yesterday's game because th- there was such a weak attack by Ukraine so Austria has taken 18 attempts and Ukraine has already de- taken only taken five and 50 attacks made by Austria compared to 34 attacks made by Ukraine and that shows there was not much penetration through the Austrian defense yesterday
2: and it was all Austria's game. In spite yeah. of all that, the Ukrainian defense did not have a bad game either. I mean, having considered the early goal, having had the pressure to, you know, score that goal to, to you know, equalize, they just conceded only one goal through the rest of the 70 odd minutes that they had in the game. So, uh, Zabrini, Matiem. Fenko and Karian, if I have pronounced these names correctly, they, they, were, they were good in defense, they were playing narrow, they held their own.
1: I would still stick to the weak defense, the open defense, what Achente mentioned, that the Ukrainian had. Uh, rather, I would say that the Australian team were not much ruthless on the Ukrainian half, and the hump patch of Ukrainian forward, Yaramchuk, the, the Yari of Yaramchuk and Yarbalenko couldn't work out yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it was only five attempts yeah. and that's out of… And only one attempt on target. only one <laughs> attempt on target. You are playing a do or die match to survive yeah. in the competition and that kind of attack, that's that, that says a lot.
0: Yeah, it was a good game by Austria yesterday, and I hope that they do well in the next game, which is with Italy, the knockout game in the round of 16. So let's move on to the next match, which is North Macedonia versus Netherlands, where North Macedonia lost to Netherlands 0-3. A totally dominating performance from Netherlands. It was a class performance by Netherlands although they were against a team like North Macedonia but it did not matter, there was no complacency from them, they went in all guns blazing and they scored three goals, especially Wijnaldum with his two goals and uh, and that was a great game to watch. Uh, the Macedonian attack was weak, quite weak and Goran Pandev did not have any highlight moments yesterday.
2: Yeah but uh, I believe there was one highlight moment from the Dutch national, national team. It was a good gesture to, you know, give him the Dutch jersey with the uh, with the number 122 uh, imprinted on it, because he's played 122 times for uh, North Macedonia. He also received a guard of honor from his own teammates after the end of the match. So what a monumental player for their country, uh, and uh, exactly. for many years to come, people will obviously remember him for all the all the efforts he put in.
1: I mean, a legend retiring from a country with such a small population who represented for the first time in the Euros. It was a big, big achievement for Goran Pandey at the age of 37. I think they had a couple of moments, Macedonia, when they put the ball back into the net, uh, getting past Ecklenburg, But uh, the referee on the sidelines had his flag raised for the offside. And yeah. <laughs> so they had their moments for the fans but unfortunately uh, it couldn't turn out to be that productive in terms of final result Netherlands had a total number of 17 attempts and on in which 6 of them were targeted
0: Which is pretty good if seen as, as a ratio Definitely they have to work more, uh, Netherlands, if they want to move forward against the stronger teams. But if we just talk about yesterday,
1: they had a strong attack coming into the game. With the likes of Depay Bijnaldum, it was no doubt that they were going to punish Macedonia yesterday. And out of those six shots on target, they had, I think, uh, one hit the woodwork and the other hit the crossbar. So they could have added two goals easily. To the ta- they could have added two more goals easily to the tally of three, but uh, all credit to Vinalem for not being Alvaro Morata in front of the goals and uh, <laughs> finishing the simple tap-ins that he had. I mean,
2: this this man has been perform has performed in all of the games. Uh, he's been instrumental, basically uh, linking their midfield and defense with all the attacks that they have. And uh, right from game one, he's been instrumental in, in playing that playing that role uh, as a player, both as a player and uh, getting his troops together. So yeah, everything looking good for Netherlands. But then we will know the true. Uh, <laughs> true self of each of these teams when they face uh, uh, the bigger opponents in the round of 16.
0: True, true. And if you, you cannot uh, undermine the performance by the North Macedonian defence. Even though they had three goals conceded, but it was still a very good performance by them. It, just looking at the scoreboard, that paints a different picture. And if you look at the stats inside, then that paints a
2: different picture. I am particularly rather I was rather particularly imbra- impressed by the fact that Macedonia after the end of 90 minutes were able to have 40 around 40% of position against a Dutch team that boasts of De Jong, Wijnaldum, De Pay, Dumfries, Blind these are like exactly. position exactly. masters <laughs> for their respective clubs so yeah that is also a good thing to commend.
1: They were they were left open in the final attacking third area by the Netherlands because uh, going into the last game of the tournament North Macedonians wanted to give their fans something to cheer up while they exit from the tournament and uh, while in attempt to do that they were pressing up uh, higher on the pitch and they were trying to snatch the ball in the midfield area from the Netherlands mm-hmm. team and uh, in retrospect to that when Netherlands uh, when in retrospect to that when Macedonians failed to snatch that ball from the midfield, uh, Netherlands took opportunity of it and they were like quickly up onto the Macedonian half to to like uh, have a go on the goal. Yeah definitely
0: this was their moment of pride even though they lost but still there was much there wasn't much to lose and there was a lot of gain, lot to gain. Let's move on to the next matches, which is from Group B. Oh my God. The thing is that these two matches, Finland versus Belgium and Russia versus Denmark, these two
2: matches happening at the same
0: time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I had my heart in my mouth. Yeah, it was kind of an arrow, it was kind of arrow to every fans' heart. I mean, these two games were super games. We were like, oh my God, like they should not do a goal and
0: they should do a goal. And we are focused on both the matches. So let's, let's talk about one match and we'll talk about both of them
1: later. Yeah, before we uh, go ahead and discuss in detail about uh, the matches individually, I would just like to tell that the moment of the night i had from that match there was a time when denmark considered a penalty and lukaku scored against finland and the fans in copenhagen were all on energy and celebrating that belgium has scored finally but uh, it was ruled offside and a couple of seconds later russia scored a penalty so that's how intense the game was <laughs>
0: but are yaar, i don't want to talk about that right now <laughs> come on man <laughs> just after that oh my god what a score by christiansen <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay let's let's first complete let's first complete finland versus belgium okay belgium came in with a strong attack even though lukaku's goal was an offside but they still were relentless on finland they still went in with around almost 58 percent possession and total number of 17 attempts to Finland seven and 73 attacks to finland's 23 that's more than thrice the offense was to- totally dominated by belgium
1: yeah i mean uh, roberto martinez brought eight changes into the squad which was so like italy but uh those eight changes looked much more stronger. <laughs> like he brought in <laughs> KDB, Eden Hazard, Axel Witzel all into the squad. It was a much more stronger squad for Belgium. Uh, for me especially yesterday night and... As you said, like they had total 17 attempts on target. So that's too much uh, attack from Belgium. Uh, and the score line saying only 2-0. <laughs> I think... Uh, They need to do much more work in their finishing. Uh, And there was an own goal as well. So I think it was only one open goal from Belgium yesterday night with so many attacks. So they need to work on their attack and finishing.
2: I will not take anything away from the defense. Uh, I know the the goal came, uh, the first goal came as a own goal and it was unfortunate that way. But until that moment, until about the 70th, 73rd minute, they were absolutely the rock wall against the uh, onslaught of Lukaku Hazard and Doku uh, and then De Bruyne supplying them with the beauty of deliveries the, the problem uh, the problem with the Finland team is that uh, they do not use uh, their midfielders higher up the pitch against established teams and this this Finland team gives me the vibe of an Iceland team uh, uh, which which actually you know won against England if i'm not wrong
1: absolutely stubborn defence from Finland and Tim Spav was back into the team yesterday and we all know what kind of important player he is for the Finnish team and uh, they were well communicated while defending, they have their players communicating and telling each other that they have to go to the bylines, now they have to press up to this player. They were giving very less chances for Lukaku to turn around and take a shot and the one chance they gave them he turned around and he took a shot so <laughs> that's how dangerous lukako is and that's how good in defending finland were yesterday yeah, they had almost yeah. uh, uh, if you can tell me Achinte, they had almost how many tackles they had yesterday finland team see the thing is they
0: the thing is they won two tackles and that's that that was the problem that was the reason that was the problem why. There were 74 attacks
1: by Belgium. But when, when you talk about a team like Belgium where you have players like Eden Hazard. So these players like Eden Hazard and Jack Grealish and Lionel Messi as well. So these are the players who who have the ball stick at their feet, who get the ball stuck at their feet. So it's hard to get a tackle on them because most of the times, almost 90% of the times, your tackle will result in a foul.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm glad uh, you you mentioned about close control and low centre of gravity for these kind of players like Hazard or you can say Lionel Messi, they can drop their shoulders, they can make you spin 180 degrees with their turns.
0: But yeah, the yesterday's stats were amazing for Belgium. I mean, if you just look at the number of passes completed and passes attempted. Uh, the sheer number of it was impressive and the accuracy was also very impressive uh, coming from Belgium.
2: I, I feel that uh, they are going to falter defensively when they face uh, like a Germany or a, Because we saw with Portugal, uh, you know, how, how their defence got exposed when the opponent was playing a high line and uh, their midfielders also joining attacks. Let's say how they come out of it because Belgium have always been the dark horses for almost every tournament in the last six, seven years. But when it gets to the semifinals or quarterfinals, uh, that defense is what lets them down. Uh, we don't have
0: much to speak about Belgian defense because there was no proper finish attack. The finish did not get a chance to finish. Oh my God, that is so good. Yeah, that was the scenario for yesterday's game and props to Belgium for qualifying for top 16 with a first position in the groups uh, with nine points that was amazing well let's move on to the next game which is my favorite which was my favorite which was my favorite
1: russia versus denmark was madhuri <laughs>
0: <laughs> especially, especially, let's directly go into Christiansen's goal I do not want to talk about anything else That was, there were two things in that goal Firstly, it was immediately after Zuba scored his penalty And also after Lukaku's offside So the Danish fans were totally, the crowd was totally silenced at that time and uh, they had a kind of an ominous feeling that, oh my god, where will this have some kind of effect? I hope this does not da- kick Denmark out of the tournament. But an amazing... You ca- okay, firstly, let's give props to Safinov for saving the goal twice during that attack. They were two great saves. But then Christiansen came in from... Um, almost 25-30 yards away from the goal And it was a powerful shot Right on target And Safanov did not expe- expect that one And then the crowd erupted I mean, I could just describe the whole scenario I was just so,
1: so mentally relieved And <laughs> Yeah, it was amazing But let's talk about the first two goals Let's talk okay, about I'm the okay. first three goals <laughs> That were considered before Kristiansen Erupted the park and stadium uh, yeah. With his, with his long-range strike uh, t- talking about the first two goals from Denmark, I think I think uh, we saw a very different kind of energy. It was kind of finale for me yesterday when I saw those two teams uh, battling against each other from the first minute of the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could see in the first 15 minutes, Russia and Denmark both were pursuing so much tackles in the midfield to win that important ball to stop the attack. They were throwing, players were throwing themselves onto the pitch to stop the ball and to give the tackles. And, and that kind of energy, it was like a final match happening in the Parkin Stadium. The Copenhagen, the city of fairy tales. <laughs> as we know them, and in the 38th minute when Dapsgaard scored that stunner. And, and it was an amazing goal, amazing build-up to the Denmark play because uh, until 38th minute, until Denmark scored the first goal, um, it was an open game, end-to-end FIFA game was going on from both the teams.
2: I was particularly impressed with uh, Hoberg and the entire game. The man has, uh, you know, kind of revolutionized his game because under Jose and uh, much before that uh, for Southampton, he was just, he had a very uh, minimalistic job of, you know, uh, of a sitting defender trying to protect the defense and he had not much creativity going forward because his sole job was to you know shield the defense and uh, later when before jose mourinho left spurs he he started contributing more towards goals in an attacking sense and we we saw the full aura of what pierre Emerick hober can do uh, when he he can be employed uh, in that midfield uh, midfield four, because uh, he was instrumental in all of most of these attacks going forward uh, I guess I feel the the Danish coach Casper Humlund basically you know uh, made some tactical switches uh, which we hadn't seen in the previous games they went full tilt right right from game uh, right from minute one I mean, obviously, there was no lack of attitude or uh, body language uh, in any of these games. That's why we've uh, started to fall in love with Denmark because of the passion that they have shown uh, right from game one. And also this little kid, uh, Damsgaard, who plays for Sampdoria.
1: Oh, yes, man. Yeah, I mean, however, uh, since his transfer from Southampton to Tottenham Hotspur, he has become a different player altogether he carried his from from tottenham hotspurs into denmark coming into this tournament and in all the three group games he has played i think we have seen a much attacking dangerous threat from Hoeberg. and and yesterday's mess especially he was absolutely outstanding
0: and also when i look at the press media that russia has in every in every magazine in every newspaper they have very depressing headlines Uh, like they were showing players of the previous tournaments their photos and then the top heading was again that was very heartbreaking for me i mean one of the other headline was a humiliating defeat and russia's russians are kicked out of euros 2020 so but i think their efforts yesterday were nothing less than valiant efforts
2: Look, the, the thing is that uh, they had certain lingering problems right from day, uh, right from the first match, which they never addressed. So what happens is, it starts. The questions should be asked of the manager and
1: the support staff as to how they set out the teams. Yeah, I think we are getting too much instigated by the media of Russia here. But coming back <laughs> into the match that was played yesterday. Although uh, Russia couldn't put in the performance that <laughs> Putin wanted them to do, but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we can see like even though they were very high on energy and they were very having good adrenaline rush uh, throughout the first half, they couldn't channelize their energy. I think that was the main problem mm. for Russia. You can see there were a lot of passes uh, not getting completed. They were not, I think it was because of Hoiberg and Delaney who were putting much pressure on the Russian midfielders and trying mm. to cut out those key passes. But uh, Russia, they should have much more improved passing accuracy if they wanted to have any impact on the game. Zubaho is a very long, tall, key player in front of their attack. He didn't get very good deliveries. And the only only goal they scored, that was because of the penalty. And if that penalty would not have been there, it would have been a clean sheet for the Danish team.
0: Yeah, you see in the previous two matches when Denmark was playing, they had a lot of attacks, they were playing relentlessly in in the attacking third, this time they did not lack the finishing, that was the key thing that changed the face of the game. 10 attempts on target from this total 16 that they made. And that is a very big improvement in finishing from Denmark. This this has been what I wanted from Denmark since the past two games that please, you're making so many attacks. Just just work on the finishing and you'll be an amazing team. Hmm.
1: There were four different scorers on the score sheet yesterday for Denmark, which is another impressive story.
2: So fitting uh, for Christensen to score that goal and give a tri- tribute to Eric Sen. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, even the goal by Polsen. Polsen said in the interview that he was just too tired to run back. So he stood there at a good angle, at just a good angle, so he did not go back. And that's why uh, that's why the defenders like did not see him at that moment and he got the ball and he just scored. That was a good goal. That was also a good shot by a and not taking anything away from him. But yeah, that was uh, that was everything that happened
2: uh, that when we look at the Denmark team when we have analyzed and talked about uh, how they play, what are the star players, we cannot put a finger and say that this particular A, B, C players stood out. Each and every 11 of those players on the pitch played well. That's why I get a yeah. good vibe off of Denmark. Because everyone plays well, even the likes of Brathway, who who does not get any chances regularly for in that, you know, uh, superstar studded Barca
1: team, he comes and performs as well. Yeah, we just saw yesterday, like, uh, they just need to get into a rhythm. I think first 60 minutes of the game yesterday, they were trying to find that rhythm. But once they got into that rhythm, they just kept on attacking into the goals and they scored four goals. After that, like Starting from the use of Paulson goal Which I think came around 59th minute And uh, 16
0: minutes or 60?
1: 60 6-0 six
2: We also have to mention the You know uh, The contribution of Mahil in the getting that fourth goal, which you know calmed the nerves of the players, and uh, Russia also they had established their well-deserved fourth spot <laughs> after their horrible performances over the three games that they played. You know, congratulations to all the four goal scorers. It will give them that much-needed confidence going into the last of sixteen.
1: I think uh, uh, it's it's harsh on Fairland if you see. Uh, the Denmark, uh, the kind of miracle they pulled out yesterday, they were fourth when they started the match yesterday and they finished out second when the match ended yesterday and they have qualified for round of 16. But unfortunately for Finland, I think it will be tough because uh, the number of goals that Denmark scored and the amount of goals that Finland considered, now they are having a tough, tough chance to go into the round of 16 because Ukraine are having better goal difference than Finland.
0: Definitely. It will be tough. Let's see. There are still more games to come. There are three more groups that are going to have their finalized points. And uh, that will tell us the whole story. And on that note, let's move on to today's two matches, which are Czech Republic versus England and Croatia versus Scotland. So what are your predictions, guys?
2: Czech Republic versus England. आओ, <laughs> uh, well, as far as that game is concerned anything could happen because England have just got just scored only one goal out of their two games uh, it, currently it feels like anyone can beat England uh, considering their team <laughs> selection so I am guessing this will also be a very low scoring game and uh, either it is going to be a 1-0 to Czech Republic or it is going to be a 0-0 draw again
1: 10 1-0 zero or 0-0? 0-0 0-0 it is Tanmay
2: That's why reaction. I
1: wanted to hear from you because I wanted to high five Rajesh for the first time Or for the very <laughs> rarest of times 0-0 <laughs> zero zero. Multiple
2: <laughs> times 0-0 <laughs> <laughs> zero zero. <laughs> first time you get the first time, you past <laughs>
1: <laughs> zero, 0 I would say because Sekh Republic are in fine form and Gary Southgate is in the most shittiest form
2: uh, Gary
0: Southgate is in, the fi- in his primest form right now. <laughs> that is what will, I think, uh, make him lose the game by 0 1. So, Czech Republic will definitely come up huge in today's game. So, the next game, which is Croatia versus Scotland. After the Scottish team came in strong against England,
1: what are your predictions for this game? I think uh, Scotland are coming back to their hometown to play this final set games so of from Group D, hmm. and I'm I'm I a fan of Scotland how they have performed in these two games in the past two games uh, coming into the tournament, and I think they will win by one goals to nil. Rajesh, what are your predictions?
2: I feel it's going to be an interesting game uh, in Glasgow, if I'm not wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be a Scotland win. I'm, I'm rooting for Scotland. The thing is uh, my two darling teams are playing against uh, each other, (laughs) so I have to to kind of uh, vouch for Scotland only for Scott McTominay. I think that Croatian defence will
0: show up huge and Scotland wouldn't be able to do shit. So I think it will be 0-0 for Croatia versus Scotland.
1: So you are saying Croatian attack won't be able to do shit as well. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, if it's 0-0 then both Croatia and Scotland are out of the tournament.
0: Whatever it is but I am just predicting the
2: game not the tournament. I pray the old gods and the new (laughs) for Scotland (laughs) Scotland to qualify. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let's
1: see. We don't want now James Bond to come and rescue them.
2: James Bond is John
1: Snow. (laughs) James Bond is relation relationship with Scotland.
2: उस तो डैनियल क्रेक का बोल सकता है जो लेटेस्ट वाला जेम्स बॉन्ड
1: है हां वाला
2: जेम्स बॉन्ड का
1: नो जेम्स बॉन्ड जेम्स एस जेम्स वो
2: लिवरपूल भी है ना डैनियल क्रेक को
1: हां तभी
2: <laughs> आ, तभी ये उछल
1: रहा, हूं। रहा हूं। है
2: लाना
1: भी लिवरपूल I'm <laughs> साइड में बैठा you're मैं <laughs> नहीं है अरबियन
2: लोग am हैं अरे नहीं, वो an Arabian fan. are a not sure Oasis fan. you're not sure if
0: you're so that was all for yesterday's breakdowns and today's predictions if you liked our podcast then please do follow it on spotify and other platforms and do follow our instagram page on underscore the soccer room and if you want to get a feature on this podcast then please do participate in the soccer room fantasy league where the winners of every week will get a chance to feature over here all you have to do is follow our instagram page and join the league you can listen to us on all major streaming platforms like spotify google Podcasts. Apple iTunes Amazon Music Geo Stitcher Radio Radio Public and Breakers This is Achinti Jain, Tanmay Jaiswal and Rajesh Sahu from The Soccer Room. Peace out!